name Belinda <laughs> name on YouTube Facebook Instagram etc uh, so it's Color with Faithful Girl. Uh, Faithful Girl 1978 is a registered business. Age? I am turning 41 in a week and a bit. Lives in? I'm in Melbourne, uh, Victoria in Australia. Family? I'm married. I've been married for 20 years and I have three children aged 19, 17, and 14. Favourite colouring book? Oh, that's a hard one. <laughs> um, probably Jasmine Beckett's first book. Uh, it was the first book that I fell in love with. So, uh, yeah. Favourite pencils or pens? Um... I use Copic markers. They're my favourite medium to use. And uh, favourite pencils, uh, probably Pablo's. Um, I haven't had them for very long, but uh, since I've had them, I've fallen in love with them. So, yeah, they're my favourite pencil. Coffee or tea? Uh, tea. Uh, no coffee. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome back to a new episode of Passionista Colorista podcast with me, Isabel. And welcome today's guest, Belinda. Thank you. So, yeah, I don't even have to tell that. I'm sitting in my bed as I always do when I do my Skype <laughs> interviews. But where are you sitting? I'm sitting uh, at my desk in front of my computer. Is that the place that you also do your coloring? And it's where I live, yes. <laughs> you live. I, I do everything here, yes. <laughs> Hubby says that I'm here all the time. Uh, I never leave. <laughs> so it's your happy place? It is, yes. I share it with my cat too. She sits in here and watches me for the day. So Faith, I think a lot of people know about you, Color with Faithful, Faithful Girl, 1978. But before we start digging into the coloring and crafting stuff, uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Who are you? I'm me. <laughs> I'm a, a mom and uh, a wife. I pretty much always wanted to have a family, so that's always been my first priority. Uh, from a young age so I guess that was that's sort of me my identity was there and then uh, they got a bit older and um, I guess I started to be a little bit more creative and wanted to have a bit more of a creative outlet for myself and um, I'm pretty much always been a crafty person and loved art music um, all that kind of thing always and um, I just never really knew where my niche was I guess <laughs> so I'm I, I'm I've always been searching for something I guess uh, to fit in and have I guess um, something to do with my life other than just be a mum so my crafting coloring things like that is part of that yeah, but how did the, this coloring book thing started for you? Um, well, I actually worked for a uh, insurance company doing. I worked from home for about three years uh, on the phones, talking to customers, and um, it was kind of like a a little bit of an outlet when I was talking to customers, especially grumpy customers <laughs> mm. um just to do a bit of stress relieving I would just sit and color while people talked and um and that's sort of how it all started just doing that and was it some some special coloring book from this beginning um my first coloring book I had was actually Joanna Basford um I don't know what the very first one is called now something <laughs> 
Secret Garden. Yeah, that's the first one I ever had. And um, and then I can't even remember how I came across Jasmine Beckett, but she was also on, like, the next one that I found. It just basically went from there and never stopped. <laughs> and how, I mean, when when was this? Uh, so I first started colouring about... Mm, early 2015 so it's been approximately four years uh, since I started yeah and it started like this uh, outlet when you were talking with grumpy people on the phone but what happened uh, after that um my father-in-law passed away and um, I actually left my job And my husband and I started a business together and I was working a lot uh, physical work, like doing a lot of physical work with him. And I actually hurt my back fairly bad and um, ended up probably for about six months quite down down and not that great health-wise. And um, I've got uh, degenerative arthritis in my back. So there's nothing that they could do. Like they just kept saying to me, oh, you just have to take medication for pain. And um, so it was really quite frustrating. And that's when I sort of lost my sense of direction of where what I was doing and where my life was kind of going. And um, I started colouring a lot to get through that and uh, posting a few pictures in of uh, Jasmine Beckett. People were like, you should do tutorials. And um, I was like, Uh, I don't know, I'm pretty shy. (laughs) I don't don't know if I could get on the camera and do stuff like that. And, um, yeah, somebody just sort of said to me, you should just give it a go and see what people think. So I did. And uh, it basically started from there (laughs) and it hasn't stopped. Uh, So I just got more and more requests for things. Um, Artists started contacting me and asking me to do promotions for them and advertising their books and things like that. And, um, yeah, I I really haven't stopped. I've just kept rolling with it, I guess. (laughs) So that's how it all sort of started. So early on you got requests for doing tutorials and show how you were colouring. But how could you be so good from start? (laughs) I wasn't. <laughs> um, I had a lot of practice. Uh, as I said, I I did uh, in that in that time that I hurt my back. It was about a six month period. I did a lot of uh, coloring tutorials and um, actual classes, um, and I found Copic markers then as well because I was struggling with pencils with my hands being sore all the time. So. Um, going to markers was like the next sort of best thing. (laughs) And um, I did a couple of online classes for markers and um, practiced basically a lot. Uh, Did like uh, little portions of pages. So just like printed a whole heap of faces on a page and just practiced different colors and different blends and, um, and, Actually, finding classes from different people is really good too because it sort of helps you to find your own thing and what you feel comfortable doing. So I did a few different sort of styles. Some were like more craft style, like stamps and cards and things like that. And then the other was more like, you know, the artistic expression of just doing what you want to do and putting colors together and seeing what happens. So um, I really did get a lot of stuff from other people. um, And I think that's how I got better (laughs) but I definitely wasn't fantastic at the start Uh, I was still learning and um, I did have a lot of concepts that I knew from doing art and craft most of my life anyway but I didn't I guess figure it all out probably took me about a year before I actually um, felt really confident with what I was doing if that makes any sense at all it didn't just sort of happen and I didn't um not everything went to public, if that makes sense. And it still doesn't. Sometimes I'll do an image and uh, it'll just end up in my bin because it's just not in the direction I want it to go or it just didn't look right or the colours didn't go right together. So all of that stuff over that time 
gradually just got better and better and better. But uh, it's definitely actually one of my tips is just to keep practicing and not give up. Like the more you practice, the more that you learn. Um, but yeah, so it wasn't always perfect. <laughs> but how have your coloring style changed since uh, the start? Well, at the start, um, I was a little bit more uniform and I sort of followed rules, if that makes any sort of um, sense. Like I, I didn't want to go out the lines and I was really careful with what I was doing. Um, and I sort of, I guess I've changed from that to being myself. I'm fairly uh, flamboyant, <laughs> I guess. I'm fairly relaxed. I'm easygoing. And I don't like to sort of stick to rules that much I like to be able to go out the lines and do things differently so um, that's when I started to really change and where I felt like I was really starting to come into my own and I had my own sort of style before that I was sort of I guess following what I'd learnt uh, from doing other classes and things like that and then um, as I started to let myself go and just relax a bit more uh, I felt that everything sort of changed. Things got easier and colours and things like that got easier to learn. Um, I could sort of see, look at a picture and see things where I wanted to go straight away. Like I could see what colours I was going to use where and um, what techniques that I might use in it and things like that. So um, I guess style-wise, I've got a little bit more relaxed and, um, yeah, just found my own. <laughs> Stop sort of worrying about what people would think if I did, you know, mixed two random Copic colours together and get some other random colour. <laughs> um, I would actually do that rather than worry about what people might think um, by me doing something completely different. I guess that's um, how my style sort of developed. But how much do you spend your time with colouring in colouring books and how much do you do other crafts? Well, uh, to start with, it was just when I could um, because I was still working and uh, things like that. And then um, as things started to get a little bit more, I guess, demanding on the colouring side of it, I actually stopped working completely um, and just sort of basically now I'm doing this full time. So uh, I colour pretty much every day. Uh, a little bit if I can. Some days I can't because I'm recording videos and editing and things like that. So uh, that takes away obviously from the coloring side of it. But um, I do other crafts as well. So I've been doing a watercolor course. So I'm doing a little bit of uh, like nature realism in watercolor. That's for myself. Um, I also like to do diamond painting and I've done a few paint by numbers. I'm doing one at the moment, actually. I'm doing another uh, video for a company for a paint by number. So they're the kind of things that I'll do off camera, but I don't get a lot of time to do that anymore because I'm always doing tutorials and uh, voice recording and video editing and things like that. So those things are far and few between now. I'm mainly concentrating on, I guess, tutorials, coloring and things like that. So, um, now I have Patreon, uh, so a lot of my stuff, my hard work sort of goes into that uh, for those people that are sort of helping to support me and move me through. So I do it all the time. <laughs> but is it still as fun as when it was just uh, a hobby, now when you are doing it for a living? It is um, because I still don't get to colour as often as people think like I don't get to finish a page uh, as quickly as what I might if I wasn't doing the other stuff does that make sense so um, the video video editing and the voiceovers and things like that that's the actual job part of it I guess um, and then the coloring is the bit that I enjoy the most so I still do enjoy it a lot uh, sometimes I get a little bit uninspired so I might just be like what am I going to do and then um I need to sort of make myself, I guess, become inspired uh, because if I didn't do that, then I guess I wouldn't be able to do tutorials. I'd just be uh, not putting any content out, which then wouldn't be any good for everybody else either. So um, I just try to 
find my favorite artists, I guess. I go back to the oldies and um, find things I really wanted to do a long time ago, and that sort of helps to get me motivated again and uh, get started again. But I find that that's uh, there's so many new artists out there and there's so much new content all the time. It's really hard to sort of get bored nowadays. Like, I, I guess you would know that too. Like, it's just so much out there. It's hard to sort of, I guess, get bored. But how many books, do coloring books, do you have today? Well, I actually sort of went through um, my stuff. I didn't have a lot of physical books. I only started getting physical books um, when I started doing YouTube. So uh, I have people send me stuff and I've ordered some as well. I've got about 125 physical books, but I've got around 180 PDF coloring books. So I've got thousands of files of images from all over the place. And then that's just coloring books. And then there's just individual uh, images like from people that don't have coloring books, uh, like stamp companies and uh, things like that, where they only sell individual images and they don't have a book as yet. So I've just got thousands and thousands of images. But how do you choose then what to color next? I don't know. <laughs> I just sort of um, look, a lot of it comes down to what's happening at the time. So uh, last week I didn't have a lot sort of, uh, I've got two streams now. I do one on a Friday and one on a Monday. Fridays is like a four week color along. And I found like artists for the whole year, basically each month I've got an artist set up. And we concentrate each week on finishing off an image throughout that month. And then on Mondays, I opened up a stream on Mondays because I had so many artists sort of say to me, oh, can you do this for me this week? And I'm like, oh, but I'm right in the middle of this series and I don't want to mess that up. Like, <laughs> So um, I kind of left Mondays open as in a bit of my choice. So when an artist sort of contacts me and says, oh, can you do something? I can sort of fit them in somewhere and say, yep, look, I can do this week or two weeks from now because I'm already booked up till then um but yeah that's pretty much how I've been picking the live stream stuff uh is really just from I guess requests and an artist contacting me and say can you do this this week um and then all of the other stuff that I just do is usually like um I might be following artists on Patreon um or something might have new might have come up that might catch my eye so I'll color that um I also have like books that I want to finish. So if I'm stuck for something, I'll go back to one of those books and do an image from that. So yeah, that's how I pick. Basically, it's just random. <laughs> what books do you want to finish? I've got Christine Karen's first fairy book. I'm probably halfway through that one. Um, I've got uh, a few of uh, Jasmine Beckett's first book that I've got still to do. Like I've done quite a few in that book. So I will eventually finish that one. I'm loving uh, Anastasia Kaldeva's Mysteria book at the moment. I've already started a few in that. And I think that that's one that I want to continue and just go back to and finish as well. Um, oh, Linda Ravencroft for sure. Ravenscroft for sure. Um, I've already done about four images in her first book. Each book's only got about 15 images in it, I think. So um, in reality, it shouldn't take me long to colour, but it's taken me years already. Um, but, yeah, there's there's another set of books that I'd really like to finish at some stage as well. So they're the things that I'll go back to when I know I need to fill something in. How many work-in-progress pictures do you have running at the same time? I try not to have them. <laughs> that may sound strange um so i i obviously i've got my four week one that i do on my stream that one takes the four weeks so that's probably the only sort of work in progress that i have that's sitting there um, that i don't go to regularly because obviously i only do that once a week uh, but i do try to get through them like i don't i try not to start something and not finish it um, sometimes I'll finish them and they don't end up, I don't end up showing them, 
but um, I don't actually have any work in progresses. So is that weird? <laughs> no, I think it's very no? different between different persons because I have so many whips because I tend to start whips without even noticing it. I just pick up a pencil sometime when I'm doing something else and oh, now I accidentally started a new one. So I try to finish some whips this month. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, um, I've got heaps of images printed that I've thought that I was going to do and, um, still haven't done them. So I have a folder full of images that I've printed to do and haven't actually started them. So I guess <laughs> they could be work in progresses. <laughs> There's a big folder of those. Do you prefer to color in the books or to color on print, printed, printed papers? Um, I, I, there's some books that are, I can, I'm happy to do in, uh, Linda Ravenscraft books are all on multimedia paper and I can use markers, pencils, watercolor, anything on those. Um, so I'm quite happy to do those in the book, but most other coloring books aren't very good for markers. So I end up using or printing on my own marker paper because it's a little bit easier to use. Um, I don't want to waste my inks and things like that either. So some papers really absorb it and choose up a lot of ink. Uh, so that's the reason I would print on my normal, on my own sort of marker paper. Yes, because alcohol markers like Copics, they are not, as you say, they are not perfect in most coloring books because they bleed exactly. through. Yep. <laughs> How long does it take for you to finish a page? On average, for a marker image, maybe two hours. Um, but if I'm doing something a little bit more detailed or full-on uh, pencil, it can take me up to eight hours in total to finish a page. So it depends on what I'm working on. Um, I'd say, like live streams and things like that, I try to sort of get every get it finished within a two-hour period. Um, but Sometimes it just doesn't like pencils takes a lot longer than markers. So, um, yeah, so some things I've done a video for like Patreon and, uh, there's like four videos, three hours long, like <laughs> it's taken me that long to do the image. Um, but most of the time they're usually around three to four hours for pencil and uh, usually around two hours for marker. You said in the beginning that you started to use markers and it was a revelation for you because they were more, uh, they were better for you. <laughs> yeah, efficient and more yes. good for your hand. But yep. you still use pencils. Yes, yes, I do. Um, pencil, there's just a different dimension that you can get with pencil. Uh, it, actually, even using both, um, I find that you can just get so much more depth in a pencil image than you can with markers and sometimes to grayscale I find that pencils actually is better uh, over grayscale it seems to cover a lot better and things like that so it depends on what I'm doing um, and also it depends on what people have asked for too so uh, if somebody's sort of I'd really like you to do this in Holborns then um, you know I'll try to do that if I can for them so it's sort of a bit of I guess, a bit of my choice and a bit of what other people are sort of wanting as well. If I understand you right, mixed media is the most fun for you? Yes, I really enjoy mixed media. <laughs> um, I really love uh, mixing everything. <laughs> bit of markers, bit of paint pen, uh, pencils, yeah, a bit of everything. A watercolour, whatever I can whatever I can use to get the effect that I'm looking for, I guess, is what I'll go for. Um, I did a Mysteria one recently with uh, digital paper and I had fabric and I had, you know, all sorts of things on there. So that was a lot of fun too. You had fabric on it. I did. I stuck a, it kind of was a little bit like a scrapbook page, I guess. That's my alarm. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, kind of like a uh, scrapbook page. I sort of treated it like that and uh, did a little bit of everything on it. <laughs> it was fun. So how do you approach a, a new blank page? 
Oh, I guess I kind of look at it and look at the what's what it is. Like if it's a portrait, um, I usually start with like skin, and and then as I'm working on the skin, the other colors will sort of come to me. Sometimes I'll I'll look at an image and not even know where to start. Um, I do find if I'm doing a marker base, that's really good because I can go down and put all of the base layers in and then I can sort of build it up from there. Um, but, yeah, it, I just usually I'm excited to start a new page. Uh, sometimes I get through half or well, near the end of an image and I'm like, I really want to finish this one so I can do this one. <laughs> Um, but I'll make myself finish it because otherwise I'll just, as I was saying before, I just have too many sitting around. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I think hair is probably the most relaxing part of the image. So Why? <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's, uh, I guess, careful, uh, lengthy process, I guess, <laughs> Uh, depending on how detailed it's going to be. But, yeah, I think hair is probably the most relaxing. It's sort of mind-numbing mind, um, a little bit. And, um, yeah, I quite enjoy doing hair. I'm really struggling uh, with hair because I don't know how to do. Uh, I can't figure it out. So what are your best tips for hair? Um, I usually take each section of hair and work on that first. So... Uh, if you've got a lot of hair, then usually it's broken up into like little parts or sections. So I'll just try and work on one section before moving on to the next section so it doesn't feel so daunting. And uh, and then once you've finished, it all sort of comes together. But you do like a base layer and then go in with the separate strands or in, or and use different colors or how do you do yeah, yeah. So um, it depends on what I'm using. If I'm using marker, uh, I won't even bother with a base. I'll just go in and uh, start with individual strands of hair and just use different colors. So uh, I usually like to create a bit of a highlight in the middle of each section. So I'll just sort of flick. <laughs> it's my favorite word. Flick <laughs> the, the marker. <laughs> Uh, from the darker sections out towards the lighter sections, and I sort of leave the lighter section in the middle uh, with no colour, and and then I gradually sort of put more and more on until I fill that area in as well. But starting with my darkest colour, I usually work up until I get to my lightest colour. So with brown hair, I usually have maybe three or four different colours in there, and then I just do individual strands of hair. But it depends. If you've got an image that is too small for that kind of detail, then you don't need to do that. Like, um, But obviously if you've got an image like a portrait that you can see the hair really close up and you want to put lots of detail in, then, yeah, I would just start with my darkest colour and then gradually build up upon that till I get to my lightest colour. Because I have been staring so much at people's hair <laughs> to try to figure out, <laughs> I mean, hair on real persons, to figure out how to color it. Because when you look at a hair, of course, you can see strands, but they're more like shapes and shadows. Yep. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, um, I do a couple of, I've got a couple of videos with hair uh, in them. But uh, one in particular that comes to mind is a Christine Karen image that I did. It's actually the first um the first four-week colour along I did with her, um, I think it was called Rowan Tree Fairy, and uh, she has a plait, a braid on coming around her shoulder. Um, and that one, it, it was really good because people really enjoyed uh, the way that I explained how to do the hair, and um, that sort of technique can be transferred across to any medium that you use. Um, but it sort of set out a little bit more to explain what we're doing and um, how to achieve, you know, the individual strands and also the stuff that you can't see what, what what's happening in there as well. Um, so yeah, that's a good video to look at. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the tips because I have been thinking right. a lot of is, I, am I going to color the strands or the, the, uh, what is the word or the space between the stands strands because yep. they are yep. dark. Yeah. <laughs> if mm, you know what, yep. understand what I, <laughs> what I'm saying. And there's so many different things that you can do with hair too. Like you can use um, 
a knife to groove, like cut little grooves in as well to make more texture. So when you actually run over that with a pencil, it leaves like a white strand. Um, so there's lots of different things that you can do to create hair, but uh, it's one of my favorite things to do it because it's kind of creative and also because it's relaxing. Like it's once you figure out what colors you're going to use, the rest of it sort of comes together itself, I guess. Um, and, uh, yeah, but I would definitely suggest watching one of those types of videos that I've done. Um, I've also done a few marker ones as well because markers are obviously slightly different because they're a little bit thicker. Um, but, yeah, it, I've got – I think actually one of my most watched videos is a Molly Harrison uh, image where I did a whole heap of hair. <laughs> I think the whole image was nearly hair. So, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's lots of videos uh, I've got and done with hair. But yeah. Perfect. I have to to study hair more. <laughs> okay, have a look. <laughs> I know that some people like to cover the black lines when they do hair or skin uh, mm -hmm. with white. Do you do that? Sometimes. Um, I think it's kind of like a, a stylistic choice. Uh, some people like to do their noses a particular way. Um, Some people like to cover up lines. I have done quite a few images where I've done a no-line image, which means that it's printed in, say, a pale grey or a pale blue or something that's going to blend in with the background so you can't actually see the lines. Um, so there's lots of different techniques that you can do to get that. But sometimes white is good because it helps to bring everything forward off from the background as well. So if your colours are very similar in your sort of foreground image and you really want it to sort of stand out from that background, then putting a white border around it helps. Um, some people like to do it with coloured, like I know that a lot of Prismacolor pencil users like to cover up. Uh, Prismacolor is a really opaque uh, pencil and it really covers over the black lines and things like that really well. But um, I think it just depends. It depends on the day. <laughs> depends on the image, like... Um, I really like to cover up the lines when I'm doing on tan tone paper or put white around it because the tan tone papers really, uh, when you put white on it, it, it's really, really bright and it really makes things pop out. So, um, when I'm using something like that, then I'd use a lot of white because the white is what makes the image stand out. But, um, it depends on what you're doing. If you're doing a grayscale image, then it's going to be different to doing your own line art image. So, Um, yeah, it's completely different for both, I guess, because with a grayscale, you want to cover over the lines because you don't want to see the gray. Um, uh, and But with line art, there's not necessarily a lot of lines anyway, so it's going to be different for every image that you do. So you like to color hair. What do you more like to color? Um, I really like grayscale. <laughs> A lot of people don't like grayscale, <laughs> but um, I really like to color grayscale, um, especially the realistic grayscale. So um, I tend not to like uh, digital grayscale images. So uh, an example of that is when they've got the line art image and they've just filled in the gray with like a, a brush on I don't know, Adobe or something, they've just made it look like there should be a shadow there. Um, but whereas a realistic grayscale is like a grayscale of somebody else's colouring. So um, it's different. It it just looks a little bit more natural. It's a little bit easier to colour. And usually the shadows and things like that are in the right places. But quite often with a digital one, they're not quite as nice or as realistic, I think. But um, I really do like doing grayscale. And how do you color grayscale? I know that some people think that is difficult. It's probably easier for me, but some people find it difficult. <laughs> um, I uh, An example is that uh, recently somebody said to me, oh, I really want to color this image, but it's too dark. And um, I actually don't mind them like that. It, it, it just means that I think people think that with grayscale that it's already a finished image. So when you're starting to color it, you're like, well, it already looks like it's finished because it's already got shadows and it's already got 
depth and things like that in it. Um, but you really do need to cover over everything. So even the black, the really dark black, uh, you should cover a colour over it, even if it is black. Um, but say you're doing sky and there's already sort of grayscale, it's already black sections in the sky, but you want to make sure that you go in with a really dark colour like blue or purple, something uh, that will still, you'll still be able to see over the top of the black. Um, and I think that's what people don't realise that is that you do need to cover over those black areas as well and uh, you do need to cover over all of it. Uh, even if you've got a white section, you should always use white over the top of it. So it looks, at the end, it looks finished. But um, I quite enjoy them. They're loads of fun, um, especially with markers because they're quick. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah. It, does, it is, as you say, say it's, it's a d different technique from colour line art yeah yeah it's more because you don't covering yeah that's right you're just covering you're not actually uh you know working on your own depth and and creating your own shapes and things like that whereas with grayscale it's already done you're just going over that can you describe the feeling you have when you are coloring and why you like it so much how is uh, how do you feel inside i like coloring because it uh gives me a sense of accomplishment, like I finished something, uh, even if it's not very good. <laughs> uh, I still enjoy that finished, um, the feeling of being finished and having something that you've finished. Um, I grew up uh, with ADD, so I quite often would start something and then not finish it. And I think most of my life, It's been like that. Everything that I've tried, <laughs> every project, I'll start it and not finish it um, until I was diagnosed with ADD and started taking medication. Um, I never actually had that sense of accomplishment or that sense of, of finishing something. So that was something that was really important and I really enjoy um, when I'm coloring something. Also, too, I think it takes my mind off everything. I can think about nothing <laughs> but that pencil on the paper um it just helps me to take uh, away from everything else too i think like um it takes away from the pain of having a sore back and it takes away from you know any struggles or worries that are going on outside in the real world um and it just allows me to sort of sit back and relax and just enjoy the process i also enjoy seeing the color on the page too it's I love seeing bright colors. It's exciting and um yeah, I just I enjoy it. Really enjoy it. So I get a sense of enjoyment out of it. When you color and not f filming, uh do you listen to something? Watching something? Yeah, so I actually do all my filming without sound and then I do a commentary over the top of them. Because I've got Uh, there's a big family there's five of us so <laughs> there's always something going on here at home so um, I find it easier to just color with the tv going watching a movie watching tv series <laughs> having something going on in the background and uh, coloring is easier for me than trying to do both at the same time so I always just do no sound when I'm recording And, um, and then I go back and do voiceovers later on. Are there things in the books that you don't like to color? Detailed. Uh, I can't do Joanna Basford now. I can't uh, do mandalas. Um, things with geometric shapes and I can't do them. They just drive me crazy. <laughs> I just can't... Um, Uh, I don't even know why. I just can't concentrate on them. They just, I'm too busy worried about if I'm wearing the right color in the same spot as the opposite side or <laughs> it's just stupid. <laughs> um, yeah, and I don't enjoy it as much because there's less, uh, in say a mandala, for example, I can't put my own expression into it. You're really just coloring in shapes. <laughs> so yeah, I just find that hard to do and anything that's really really detailed that's going to take me a very long time I get a little frustrated with so I tend not to go for something like that uh, so yeah <laughs> so did you like these kind of things when you started I mean could you color mandalas and 
No, I never actually, never actually coloured a mandala. I don't, it's never been anything that I would do. Um, but the Joanna Basford I used to do because I was spent a lot of time on the phone. Um, it didn't matter if I spent a long time doing one page. Like it wasn't something that I was um, recording for other people too, I think. Uh, but yeah, I I know that I would get frustrated watching a tutorial of someone coloring these tiny little details for such a long time. It would drive me crazy. <laughs> so I just tend not to go for it because I know that it's going to take me a really long time to do. Um, and it's less likely to catch people's interest uh, and all that work that you put into it. And sometimes it doesn't come out all that good either. <laughs> uh, which is kind of frustrating to me. I prefer to do something a little bit more simple, uh, makes them a little bit more, I guess, quicker. I get through them a little bit quicker. And um, also it catches people's eye a little bit better because, I don't know, it's more simple. <laughs> Sometimes I think I look at things that are really detailed and, um, I don't know, I just get confused. My eyes don't, like, focus on one point and it's not as interesting to me. I'll just flick through it past it. But when I see something that's simple and beautiful, like, it stops me and I'm like, wow, you know. Um, I Like, I love how um, um, Christian, she does um, a lot of Joanna Basford stuff, but she covers a lot of that stuff up too. So she'll actually fill in or block in areas or she'll – um, I don't know, she's just brilliant at doing it. And I wish that I could do it like she does, but <laughs> obviously I can't. Um, and I I actually like that people can do things that I can't do and people can't do things that I can do. Like it's good. It makes things interesting and it makes everyone different. Um, but, yeah, they're the two things that I don't like the most. <laughs> you do color a lot of PDFs. Do you? put them up on the wall or just have them in the fold in a folder when you are finished i have four folders full of finished images <laughs> i've done hundreds so they're not on the wall no no i um I've, i have given a few away like uh, a couple of my friends have gone i really love that so i've given it to them um i framed it and <laughs> given it to them um but yeah they're all in folders just sitting in folders the people around you, do they understand your passion for this? Um, no. <laughs> you colour, like that's what I get. <laughs> um, or if I say I teach people to colour, they're like, what? What? Do people actually do that? Is that a thing? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of people are like, I don't understand. Um, and, but my family does so my husband loves that I do this um, and yeah he he's supportive my kids are supportive and all that but it's like people outside that you meet and you say they say what do you do <laughs> I say I color they're like huh <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah it's funny the community then what does that mean to you a lot a lot I love um I love being around people and I've met so many awesome and wonderful people doing this. It's been fantastic. And, and even not just through um, like the computer or through the, you know, internet, but also in person as well. So it's been great. Um, I've met uh, a couple of my patrons now. Um, so it's great having people who I can actually talk to face to face as well. Um, so, yeah, it's been fantastic. Just changed my life completely. I've really enjoyed it. And um, it really, uh, it, it's a shame that some people just don't, just don't have that community sense. <laughs> um, and that there's a lot of drama that sort of goes on around that. And that sort of bothers me sometimes. But I think we just have to sort of move on and do our own thing and not worry too much and just, uh, yeah. I think I, I, I'm always... <laughs> totally unaware of all the drama sometimes I hear there have been some drama on YouTube or somewhere and I'm like what? <laughs> I do the same and then someone will tell me what's happened I'm like really? Oh my god I didn't know that 
<laughs> no, so I never know any details. I just hear that it has been some drama somewhere, but I never know any details. Or and I just what the community that is such a loving place. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I'm a little bit oblivious to it sometimes. And people tell me things, and I'm like, oh yeah, okay. And then I just sort of like it just sort of goes in one ear and out the other. <laughs> I try not to let stuff like that bother me. It's just it just makes things too hard. Just better to keep doing my own thing. <laughs> markers, you have you are using markers a lot. Copics. Yep. What are your best tips for coloring with alcohol markers? Practice. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're not. Um, I think people see me color with them and they go, "Oh, you're so good! I really want some of these," and. Um, And then they contact me later and like, I can't do it. <laughs> um, so I just have to explain to them that you've got to practice. Like you can't just expect it to happen straight away. One day just clicked and um, off I went. But it takes time to do that. You've got to um, practice, practice, practice. <laughs> I just keep saying practice makes improvement. <laughs> um, so also um, printing So you've got an A4 page. Um, if you're printing it as a PDF, then shrink it to half a page so it's not as big. Uh, it's not as daunting then either. Like looking at a page that's, you know, an A5 size uh, isn't as daunting and isn't as scary as looking at something that's like A4 size. Um, so if you're just practicing and learning, then just print them off small. It doesn't matter. Uh, it still looks just as big when you post it you know, on the internet. So, um, yeah, print small, do it small. <laughs> I had a short period when I tried markers and then I sold them and then I bought some new after like a year <laughs> because I thought maybe I will try it again. And I think they are perfect for, I mean, if you just want to make, a, as you said, a base layer uh, quite quickly and then you can go over it with pencils and shade. Uh, yeah. But blending with alcohol markers I think is difficult oh. yeah I think you need to know how your markers work um, I'm actually Copic certified so I went and did the Copic certification course um, and that was one of the big things that they spent time working with but because I've already mastered them it didn't really matter to me um, but a lot of people did have trouble but I think if you know your medium so you might not even be using copic markers you might be using spectrum nor or pro colors or whatever you know um anything like that but you need to know how to step down color um so going from dark to light how to put colors in between to make it look a little bit smoother um, you need to have proper paper a lot of people who i speak to have got normal copy paper and i'm like well you're going to have a lot more trouble doing what you're looking at doing on that paper than you would if you were using, say, marker paper. <laughs> um, <laughs> but marker paper is even different. Like <clears throat> um, Canson marker paper is completely different to, say, Express It blending card. Um, I don't even use marker paper anymore. I use uh, a paper that I can use pencils and markers on. Um, so... But if you're learning, I think you need good paper. You need something, yeah, it probably costs a little bit more, but uh, you'll be able to learn better using, say, something like Expressive Blending Card because you can blend better. Um, it takes more layers and uh, it allows you sort of to mess up a little bit more. It's a little bit more forgiving, I guess. Um, whereas when you're using something like, uh, say, Strathmore Bristol Smooth Paper, <laughs> it's really hard to fix a mistake uh it's 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 a little bit different to blend with that paper than it is with express it so uh using the right paper is good and that that's the same for pencil too like um you know you <laughs> prisma colors don't work on every paper so you know It's about learning your medium and learning how to use it on different things. So some things I struggle to use on some paper, but I can use another brand really, really well on it. So um, it is probably one of the biggest things is, you know, learning 
on good paper so that then when you move to paper that's not as good, you sort of know how it's working for you so you can sort of adapt it to the paper that's not quite as good. So in your book or whatever you're using it in. Um, but it is really important. What paper do you use? You say, said you use a paper um, that was good for you. Yeah, life. I use... Nina Classic Crest, Solar White, it's 80 pound, super smooth or smooth or something it's called. Um, and I can use pretty much all pencils and markers on it. The only thing that doesn't work well on it is water. So water-based products don't work on it very well. Um, but uh, when I'm using water-based, usually I'll use like watercolour paper anyway. Uh, but the Strathmore Bristol Smooth actually is really good with markers, pencils and water. So that's one that sort of works well with all of them as well. I have, as I said, tried briefly alcohol markers. Uh, and I mean, when I do use pencils and use a blender stick or a blender pencil, I, I smoosh the colors together. But with a alcohol marker blender, you can't do that. So how does that work? An alcohol blender or marker, blending marker, is usually to erase. So um, it's, it's not actually a blender. It's used to actually like an eraser. So <laughs> if you go out the lines, you can push the ink back in, um, and it basically pushes the ink away. Uh, so you need to use colors to blend. So you've got to use a range of colors to blend from one to the other. It's a little bit different. Uh, than using pencil, obviously, as you just said. But I use a blender usually with pencil to help flatten the tooth of the paper out and, as you said, smoosh it all together. Um, the paper, it's the same kind of with marker, whereas some paper you can get like a fuzzy edge, which helps to do that exact same thing. So I've got really great <laughs> alarms going off here. <laughs> um but yeah, it's you use the paper and you use the colours to blend. Um, so you would blend a light and a dark and something in between. So usually with markers you have a dark colour and a really light colour and then anything that you put in between that will help you blend to that lightest colour. Uh, so, so you add the medium, the medium colour last? Well, basically you want to make sure that when before you start that you've got three colours or at least three colours. Uh, the more you have in between, the better. So if you had four colours or five colours, you're going to get a more smoother blend between the dark to the light. Um, but so I would usually do a light layer, so the lightest colour that you're going to use first and then come back in and do my darkest and then add the medium colour and and then I'll add the lightest back over again. So it kind of just helps to blend it all in and smooth it all out. But it is really hard to explain because um, you kind of need to know a little bit about the markers, like about the colours and why they've got different numbers on them and things like that too. Because uh, with Copics, there's different a different range of the same colour. So, uh, you know, there's the lightest of it or the most desaturated colour, and then there's the darkest of it and uh, there's different numbers in between so um, that's how you sort of work out where you go so if you're using a darker color you're looking at a number that's like in the nine eight seven eight nine medium color you're looking at like a four five and six and then the lightest colors you're looking at zeros triple zeros to two three so um, usually when I'm picking a blend I'm picking a light a dark and a medium color and if I've got other ones in between, then I'll use others in between. Markers, alcohol markers, dry very quick, quickly. You don't have to worry about it. I don't. They dry. I can leave an image and come back to it, and it still works. Because alcohol uh, mixes with alcohol, so as soon as you add another color onto it, it's going to mix with it. If you're using paper though <laughs> that isn't marker paper, you will have more trouble. Do you have any favorite coloring tools? Yes, I have a few things that I use in almost every single picture. <laughs> uh, the Caran d'Ache Full Blender, Luminance White Pencil or a Prismacolor White Pencil. I use a Posca P 
paint pen, the fine one, usually white or coloured. Uh, I've got, you know, pink, blue, red, all of those colours, so for detailing and doing little fine things, and also white gel pen. I use two different brands of white gel pen, the Jelly Roll Secura Jelly Roll pen and also the Signo Uniball white gel pen. And I use them pretty much in every single image. <laughs> How do you use them? The Karen Nash Full Blender I use for uh, smoothing out the truth of the paper. So if, if I'm using a pencil that is um, quite soft and the more you put on it, the more wax sort of builds up usually and it can look a little bit strange. So I will just do like a layer of a wax-based pencil and then the full blender actually goes over the top of it and it actually just blends it all out nice and smooth. And it also helps to stop smudging and things like that as well. So it kind of adds a layer over the top. The Luminance white pencil and the Prismacolor white pencil, I would use them for blending pencils. So... Um, say skin I get to my last layer I might do some white in there just to blend off the lighter section of colors the only color I probably don't use it on as much as red because it turns pink instead of red um, but I use them for pencils and also on markers uh, white pencils are really good for highlighting so uh, if I was actually the image I just finished I just posted today was it today yesterday <laughs> Um, I use the white pencil to do all of the highlights on the skin and also the highlights on her clothes and things like that. So it really does add a little bit of depth because you're adding that fine sort of section of white. Everything else around it looks a little bit darker uh, and it makes that look a little bit more shiny or closer to you. Like it just gives depth. And uh, the white paint pen is usually uh, for highlights as well. So usually like spots in the eyes, making them look glassy. Uh, on the lips, areas that are shiny, really shiny, then you would put a white gel pen on to make it look shiny. Um, but, yeah, that's what I use those things for. You have already mentioned a lot of good tips for us coloristas uh, uh, or people who like to color in coloring books, but do you have any more? Your best tips? Don't stress. It is just a coloring page. Um, it's not the end of the world. If it doesn't work out, you can always do it again. Um, if you're not confident in sharing or you haven't shared anything, then I would find somebody who you trust and who could be a mentor for you. And I would encourage you to start sharing it with them. Um, because the more that you share, the more confident that you'll get and um, the easier it will be. And the more you'll learn too. I think when people sort of hold things in and they don't share um, or they're not getting any feedback, it's really hard for you to grow if you don't do those things. So you really do need to do them if you can um, because what it does is it just helps you to grow, it helps you feel more confident and it helps you to try new things too. You're more willing to go out and try different things if you're going to be able to share it with someone and say, look what I tried, what do you think? Um, so that's one big thing. Don't do it alone. Try and share it with someone. Perfect. And why do you call yourself Faithful Girl 1978? <laughs> um, I'm a Christian. Um, and my birthday's my birth year is 1978. And it just sort of it was just a username that I used to use for a lot of things. And uh, when I first opened my YouTube channel, I wasn't gonna post anything. <laughs> uh, I think that you know long long time ago but I just never changed it I I quite like it uh, my daughter's name's Faith too actually so um, that's another reason I've just kept it so that's it <laughs> just one of those things I forgot to mention too that uh, my channel reached 4,000 subscribers yesterday so um, that was quite exciting <laughs> how will you celebrate that uh, we won't be celebrating well I celebrated by going woohoo <laughs> um, but I'm not going to do a big celebration until I get to 10k now because I did one at 3,000 um, and it was so much hard work <laughs> uh, so yeah I've just decided I think we'll just leave it now and when I get to the 10k mark we'll do a big a big event. Before I end this uh, episode, I just want to say thank you to my newest 
patron for this podcast and that's Christina Ortega or Rebel Rouge that you maybe know her as. Thank you so much Christina for joining as patron and supporter for this podcast that really made me happy. I'm so happy that we could find a time to talk and that you joined the podcast yeah. Belinda. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you for inviting me. I was like, woohoo. <laughs> it was super nice. And thank you all for listening. And yeah, goodbye. <laughs>